Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, good morning, live stream world. Man, it is so good to know that you're still with us. You know, it's, we're doing church a little different. You know, it's, um, our, uh, aren't you glad that God isn't confined to our systems, our systems of worship, our systems of service? And so um, this morning, while you're watching, let us remember something. We may be gathering differently. But our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you're with me this morning, we're going to share a message with you called Prisoners of Hope. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. And God, it's an incredibly different and challenging time that we find ourselves. And yet, we don't despair. And yet, we don't despair because we believe what the Scripture tells us, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So, Father, as we share this message this morning, the message you put in my heart, may you encourage us, may you challenge us. May the God of all hope bring us comfort today. So, Father, we ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, it's an amazing thing. I'm actually preaching to a room that seats several hundred people and yet today, there's only a handful of us in here. But you know what? The Bible says that his word is like medicine to our soul. His word says that. I feel this morning like the prophet when he said, the word of God is shot up in my bones. And so this morning, I don't need a crowd to preach to. Matter of fact, the Bible says that to the church, we make known the mystery of God to the heavenly realm. Like, I, I'm preaching today. I'm going to preach to the principalities, and I'm going to preach to the authorities, and I'm going to preach to, I'm just going to preach because God put something in my heart. And, and so this morning, I want to talk to you for a moment. You know, there, there's little doubt that our nation has been shocked by this recent COVID-19 saga that's spreading across our country. There's little doubt that those local have been shot by the ordeal. Uh, there's little um, doubt that these are unprecedented times and seemingly the pace with which change comes. My goodness, we made a plan last week to go to services of under 250, and then we made a plan to handle the 50, and then we made a plan to handle 10, and then we said, okay, that's shot too, so now what are we going to do? And God gave us a strategy. We're having a live stream this morning at 9. Also, if you're watching by live stream or you want to come out, we're doing a drive-in church in our upper parking lot at 11 o'clock. It's going to be a great time. You know, infection, deaths, schools closing, businesses closing, cities under the stay-at-home mandates, the economy's taking a hit, layoffs, loss of investments. There is an uncertainty in the air. There's confusion. There's anger. There's resentment. Um, there's those who doubt that it is as serious as people make it out to be. I don't subscribe to being an expert and have no idea whether it is or it isn't. You know, um, there's fear, there's confusion, there's anxiousness, there's anxiety, there's worry. Some today and this week have been prisoner to fear. Some have been prisoners to anxiety and for, um, to worry. Some have been prisoners of hopelessness and despair. And some have been prisoners to pain. And yet, today... I want to tell you something today, that take heart, 
Because I'm going to tell you something, as believers, we're not prisoners to pain, and we're not prisoners to uh, um, despair. We're not prisoners to anxiety. We're not prisoners to worry. Worry? We are prisoners of hope. Let me read you a scripture out of Zechariah 9. It struck me this week, and it says this. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. <laughs> return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Now, I gotta tell you, uh, for those of you who are watching live stream, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people in this room, right? And I gotta tell you, none of them sat up front. I got hundreds of seats available, and none of them sat up front. I believe they're probably afraid I'm gonna spit on them and give them COVID-19. As a matter of fact, we are creatures of habit. I mean, Tim Lezinski is sitting in the exact same seat he sits in every Sunday. And I gotta tell you, they're pretty quiet too. I, I'm gonna need a lot more amens than what you're giving me this crowd, okay? There we go, now we're talking. But listen, I, I wanna talk to you seriously. From prisoners of hope, what does that mean? A prisoner is a captive. A prisoner is one who is bound, one who is captivated, one who's captive. To hope. Hope is that which is expected, that which is hoped for, an outcome that you believe for, that which we live for, that which we long for. And so I say today that you and I as believers, we're prisoners of expectation. We're prisoners of an expected outcome. We are prisoners of what we long for. We're in prisoners of an intended future. You know God sent his people into captivity in the book of Jeremiah into Babylon for 70 years. You know they were captives of Babylon? But you know they were captives of Babylon, but yet they lived as prisoners of hope because God made them a hope and said, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got an intended hope for you. I've got an expected end to you. They were not prisoners without hope. And so uh, think about this for a moment. So I'm then captive to something that defines my outlook. It defines my action. You see, we're prisoners of hope because of who our God is. Hope has its foundation. Hope is grounded in who he is, not who I am. Hope is grounded in who and what God is, not by me. See, my hope is not grounded in my power. It's grounded in the power of my God. You see, I may live in this world and there's all this upheaval and there's all this up and down and there's all this uncertainty. But I'm telling you something, man. I got some hope in someone who's greater than me. I got hope in someone who's greater than our president and our governors and our legislators. Man, we got a hope this morning that is sure. We are prisoners of hope because of who God is. And so I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about, first of all, why are we prisoners of hope? Why do we, why do we have the audacity to have hope in the midst of these circumstances? Well, the first thing is we're prisoners of hope because our God is a covenant-keeping God. Let us never forget, believers, that our God is a covenant-keeping God. You see, I know that Zechariah 9 deals with the first and second comings of Jesus. The first coming is coming as a Messiah. See, here your king comes, gentle, riding on a donkey. The first coming of Jesus. But there's also a prophetic uh, about the second coming. But yet there's principles that you and I as believers, you and I as people of God, you and I as the kingdom of God can take um, away from this passage of Scripture. First of all, we have hope because he's a covenant-keeping God. He said in verse 8, he said, As for you, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free. You know, you look through the Scripture. God cut a covenant in Genesis. 
when he shed the blood of an animal to cover the sin of Adam and Eve. God made a covenant with Noah where he said, never again will I destroy the earth in such fashion. How many know this morning, God still has not destroyed the earth in that fashion. God made a covenant with Abraham and they would have a place and they would have a land and they would be a people. And how many know God kept his covenant to Abraham? God made a covenant to the people of Israel through um, through Moses, a covenant as they came out of Egypt. He made a covenant with them. You see, God's a covenant-keeping God. But let me remind you something. You and I, today, in the year 2020, we are covenant people of God. We live under covenant. Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, right? The blood of Jesus did what? It judged sin at Calvary's cross. The blood of Jesus paid for my sin. The blood of Jesus provided me redemption. The blood of Jesus made me a son. You see, this morning, I gotta tell you something, gang. We are a covenant people, and our God is a covenant-keeping God. I hear a lot of theories out there as to why this pandemic is hitting the world. And I hear a lot of them, and I don't presume to be an expert, but I do not ascribe much to this theory that it's a judgment against God's people. I do not, theor- I, I do not ascribe to that much. You see, because I believe for, first of all, if this was a judgment of God, if, if this pestilence, if this disease, if this pandemic is the judgment of God because of sin, then I would suggest two things. One, we should live under perpetual pestilence. We should live under perpetual judgment. We should live under perpetual sickness. We should live under perpetual pandemic. But secondly, I would suggest to you that if this is the judgment of God, then Jesus wasn't enough. Then Jesus wasn't enough to judge our sin at Calvary. Then Jesus wasn't enough to pay for our sin at Calvary. Ladies and gentlemen, we must view everything that happens through the lens who is Jesus Christ. We must view it through the lens that is. You're telling me that my father, my God, would send his son to a cross to shed his blood, to have his body broken, to put him in a grave, to raise him to the dead, so that we become sons of God, and then he's going to hit us with sickness? I can't buy that. Makes him a bad dad. Makes him a bad dad. See, the Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and he's the one that convicts me of sin. That when I become a son, his spirit lives inside of me. But I don't want to get too far down this road today. All right? You see, God cut a covenant that made me a son. It made me a citizen of his kingdom. It makes me more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. That covenant brought me peace with God. You see, I'm a prisoner of hope this morning because I know my God keeps his covenant. I know my God is a covenant-keeping God. I'm a prisoner of hope this morning because this is what the Bible tells me, that our God camps around us. Our God camps around us. He said, he'll put his angels in charge over you. Hmm. Verse 8 of Zechariah 9, he says, you see, what he was doing in Zechariah 9 is he was actually, he was actually destroying the works of Tyre, Sidon, Philistia, all of these powers in the world that were against him and against his people and against his kingdom. And many of these were thought to be impossible to bring down. Tyre was thought to be a stronghold that could never be brought down. And as I read that scripture and I see how God is bringing havoc upon the land in Zechariah in order to bring down what some could not be brought down, he also said, but while I'm doing it, I'm going to camp around you, my people. You see, I don't believe this pandemic has its origin in God. 
I don't believe sickness has its origin in God. I don't believe it has its origin in God at all. I believe it has its origin in man. I believe it has its origin in the evil and wickedness. And yet, this is what I know about my God. Whatever the enemy means for evil, God can turn for good. How many know he's the God who can bring a divine purpose out of everything? And I truly believe with all of my heart, we're going to go through a season of brokenness. We're going to go through a season of this cracking. We're going to go a season where everything's shaking. We're going to go through this season. But I'm going to tell you something what I also believe. I believe God is going to restore some things to the church. And I believe God's going to do some breaking of things that we thought could not be broken in this world. And I believe he wants to put some of it in the hands of God's people. Let me tell you a story. I was coming to church this week over to the office at 6.30 on Tuesday morning, I believe it was. I was coming down 17th Street, and I was praying. I just looked over and saw a couple businesses closed. And I began to pray. I said, Lord, give me an encouraging word for our business owners. Give me an encouraged word for our business owners of our church and other business owners. And I began to pray, and I didn't really get anything. And so I said, man. And so I came into the office, and you got to understand, first thing I did was make a, made a mess making coffee. I had it everywhere. It was, a, it was just amazing. But then I had brought a dozen eggs with me from the house, and I was going to make some eggs. And so I got the skillet out, I put it on the stove, and then I, I cracked the first egg, and I put it in there, and I just laughed. And I said, look at that. I haven't seen one of those in years. It was a double yolk. And I just chuckled. And all of a sudden, I felt the Spirit of the Lord say, there's your word. That's what I mean, there's my word. Now, for me, when he says that, i got to go get into the word. Amen. How many know the word in and of itself is prophetic, right? How many know I don't need prophecy that comes from my own mind? How many know the word of God will give me a prophetic thing? And so I go into the scripture, and I find this scripture in Zechariah where he says about he will restore double. And so the Lord began to give me things, and I sent it out to our business owner. Let me tell you what happened. My wife, on Thursday, was watching our grandchildren, and she was making them eggs, and she cracked an egg, and guess what she got? She got a double yolk. Okay. Once, I might miss it, but twice, I ain't missing. There's something going on, ladies and gentlemen, that is beyond what we see. And my God is a God who camps around us. My God is a God who brings blessing. My God, I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, believers, stand strong as God shakes what we thought could not be shaken. And he's gonna bring down some things we could not think that could be brought down. And God's gonna bring something divine out of it. He camps around us. Uh, we're prisoners hope because he's my stronghold. How many of the Bible says the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it. Where do I run this morning? Where do I run today? I'm running to my God. He's a strong tower, right? He, he, he's my stronghold. As the Bible says, return to the stronghold. Probably talking about Jerusalem, but I want to tell you something this morning. How many know this morning, as kingdom of God people, we don't have a place to run to. We have a person to run to. Our stronghold is found in a person. We're prisoners of hope because our God is love. Let us never forget he's loving. He's loving. Yes, he disciplines us. We understand that. But you'll not convince me this is how he does it. Now, again, I think these moments should cause us to search our hearts and searching that we would have clean hearts and clean hands. And yet, he's love. Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations as he watched his city be destroyed. He watched how the Babylonians had teared, torn down the walls and broken the walls down and set the gates on fire. And he watched as people were taken captive and he wept outside those city walls. And he was in despair at what was happening. And I, as you watch, and you and I watch what's happening to our city and our, and our state and our nation, there's much concern and there's weeping and there's despairs in some. But listen to what Jeremiah said. He said, this I call to mind. This I remind 
I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. For his compassions never fail. Jeremiah is watching it all. He's distraught over what he sees. His beloved city, his beloved people. And he said, but yet in the midst of it all, this I remember, this I recall. My God, my God is loving kindness and it never ceases. My God, his compassions never fail. And look what he says. And our God is faithful. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Let me tell you something this morning. I, I, I get up this morning, guess what I can say? Great is your faithfulness. I, I get up yesterday morning, I can still say, great is your faithfulness. I plan on getting up tomorrow morning because God, great is his faithfulness. You, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life, some good, some great, some bad, some sad, but I gotta tell you, through it all, thick and thin, up and down, in and out, my God is faithful. My God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Man. We're prisoners of hope because of who our God is. But let me tell you something. Because we're prisoners of hope. You see, we're prisoners of hope because of who he is. But because we're prisoners of hope, we live with courage. The scripture tells us in Psalms, be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. I don't have a pie in the sky. I don't stick my head in the sand. I don't stick my head in the sand and say, oh, nothing bad is happening, nothing bad is happening. Yes, there's bad things happening. But I can stand strong. I can stand with courage. I can face it with confidence. Why? Because I'm a prisoner of hope. Because we're prisoners of hope, we will not despair. Psalmist said in Psalm 42, why are you in despair, oh, my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. How many know his presence goes with you? How many know his presence is with you through this? I love it. We, we focused on this verse last week, and I'll say it again today. Psalm 27, I would have despaired unless I had believed I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired, but I believe I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We live in confidence, for you are my hope, oh God. You're my confidence from my youth. I have no confidence in my flesh. I have no confidence in my ability. I have no confidence in things, but I sure got a lot of confidence in my God. We're prisoners of hope because we live in faith. How many know, I can talk. How many know faith and hope go hand in hand? They're hand in glove, right? The great writer of Hebrews Starts that great chapter 11. What? Now faith, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. I may be going through a pandemic and I may be going through ups and downs and I may be going through uncertainty, but there's one thing I know, I can live by faith because what am I want? I'm living according to a conviction of things I yet do not see. All of us have done that at some point. Now how many know it takes faith to get married? And you do that because you have a conviction that it's going to be what you think it's going to be even though you can't see it yet. We live in faith. Because we're prisoners of hope, and I want you to catch this. You see, we live, in, we live with courage. We live and we will not despair. And we live in confidence and we live in perpetual praise. But as for me, I will hope continually 
and will praise you yet more and more and more. This is not a time to stop praising God. This is not a time to be silent. This is not a time to well, weep and well. This is a time to praise. This is a time to allow your hope to birth a song of praise inside of you. I'm always reminded when I talk about this. Paul and Silas are in a prison. They're in a prison because they set a little slave girl free of demon possession. And they got whipped and they got beaten. And they got put into a, 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 a prison cell. But they were not prisoners without hope. They were prisoners with hope. And what happened? They began to sing and praise their God at midnight. Listen to me. The Bible says he inhabits the praise of his people. We're not going to stop praising. Let me, let me encourage you this morning. You're, you're a prisoner of hope. Lift up your voice. Lift up your song. Lift up your praise. Because we're prisoners of hope, we live today as, listen to me, legal sons and prisoners of God. Remember what Romans tells us. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. When a prisoner goes to prison, it's after he's been accused of a crime, put on trial, and found to be guilty. And then a sentence or a penalty was imposed. I got it, okay? And it's all done through a legal process that says you are now a prisoner of the state or you're a prisoner of the federal government. I want to say to you this morning that you and I, you and I were once guilty. You and I had committed a crime. You and I had sinned against God and we were outcasts from God. And yet there was a legal process that took place where that sin had to be judged. And that sin was judged by God the judge and we were found to be guilty. But the problem is we had no way to pay our guilt. We had no legal way to pay it. And yet God did it himself and God said, I'm going to enact a legal process whereby you can be justified. And so what did he do? He took that sin. He judged that sin. And he had that sin judged in his son Jesus. And Jesus paid the price. And when Jesus paid the price, we became justified in the eyes of God. And so today we stand as legal sons and we as legal sons and prisoners of hope of God. I'm a son by a legal transaction. I'm a slave of righteousness by a legal transaction that God enacted. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You see, hope does something in my life in these moments. Hope refines my vision. It defines my hearing and it redefines my speech. How many, ever, how, many, how many might have had some words of fear and negativity and fear and your, your words were shaped by the situation and the anxiety? But I want to say today as prisoners of hope, all of a sudden we begin to see and we see the reality. Faith does not deny reality. It's in spite of reality. And I begin to look at it and I begin to see it, but now I begin to see it through hope and hope refines my vision and I look at it differently. And then it defines my hearing because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of voices, there's a lot of pundits. And yet, I need to hear through the Holy Spirit. I need to hear 
through hope. And when I do, it defines my hearing. And what I hear then begins to come out of my mouth and it redefines my speech. Where all of a sudden now, words of negativity give way to words of, uh, of life. Words of death give way to words of life. Words of fear give way to words of courage. Words of unbelief give way to words of belief. Hope. Hope refines my vision, defines my hearing, and redefines my speech. See, without hope, I see poorly, I hear poorly, and I speak poorly. Let me close with this in another 20 minutes. You know how it is. Even in the live stream world, we've got to have four closings. You see, here's what I know about prison. Let me read it to you. When I want to escape adversity and affliction, I cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. When I want to run in fear, I cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. When I want to despair, I cannot despair, for I am a prisoner of hope. The waves of uncertainty try to destroy me, but they cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. The peril of sickness tries to steal my peace, but it cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. The winds of life try to consume me, but they cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. The pains of death try to dominate me, but they cannot, for I am a prisoner of hope. You see, because I do not mourn as the rest of the world, as men without hope. I mourn with hope. I'm a prisoner of hope, therefore I will sing and I will shout. I'm a prisoner of hope, therefore I will pray, I will praise, and I will worship. I'm a prisoner of hope, therefore I will stand strong. I'm a prisoner of hope, therefore I am confident. I'm a prisoner of hope. God is my conquering king, therefore I'm a prisoner of hope. God is the captor of my heart. Therefore, I'm a prisoner of hope. God is the covenant-keeping God. Therefore, I am a prisoner of hope. And I'm a son. Therefore, I'm a prisoner of hope. You see, my prison cell isn't negative. My prison cell is hope. My captor has not captivated me through power. He captivated me through love. This morning, we are prisoners of hope. And that prisoner, when a reason that could even happen is because you and I today, we live under the covenant that God cut with his very own son. If you're watching by live stream, I'm going to ask you to get your communion items ready at this point. And I'm going to ask those who are in the room to gather around me if they would come up front now. I promise not to spit on you. I know what you're all thinking. He's done? It's not even been an hour. We need to do this every week. At home, again, if you're watching at home, find some juice, find some crackers, find some bread. Join us in this moment. You see, because what we're doing is we're doing what Jesus told us to do, and we're remembering him. But I also want you to see this this morning, that what you are celebrating is his broken body, and his spilt blood, 
And yet it was a legal transaction that took place. And that legal transaction gave you the right, those of you who believe, to become sons of God. And as sons of God, we live as prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. He's a covenant-keeping God. Troy, play a little bit. no idea how these things work that I have in my hand. <laughs> they're, they're, they're these little self-contained things that have the juice because it has the, the juice and the bread on top somehow. And I'll probably need somebody smarter than I am to do this. <laughs> but this morning, in all seriousness, this is why we are prisoners of hope. I need fingernails. And a child cannot do this. I'm going to ask you to take the bread wherever you might be. And that bread represents his body. That Jesus said was broken for you. Hey, look at this. This is my body that is broken for you. God showed me this week that with those double yolks they came out of a broken egg a cracked egg I got more than I was supposed to out of that thing out of brokenness came blessing for you and I out of brokenness out of his broken body came blessing for you and I And so as you look at that, I want you to remember, this is my body, broken for you. But it was broken to bring you blessing. It was broken to restore you. It was broken so that you become a legal son of God. And so, Father, it's with those thoughts in mind that we take whatever we're using this morning to represent your broken body. And as we eat of it, and as we eat of this bread, we remember how you were broken, and yet to say we do it knowing that you brought blessing out of brokenness. And we stand on it again today that out of brokenness is going to come blessing. We're prisoners of hope because of your broken body. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat. Now, wherever you might be, here or on stream at home, take that cup. That is the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, the spotless one, the one who is pure, the blood of the new covenant in his blood. Take this, he said, and drink it. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. It used to be bulls and goats and calves and the blood of animals. But Jesus said, now it's in my blood. 
And here's the great thing about it. It was a one-time offering. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. One time. The last high priest made the last offering. And that offering was in his blood. And by his blood, our sins were not just atoned for. Our sins were forgiven. Forgiven. Taken away. And we walk as children of covenant. The new covenant. So Father, we look at this cup and we say thank you for the blood of Jesus. We say thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf. It was the legal currency that paid for our debt. And because of that, today we live as children of covenant. Because of that, we live as prisoners of hope. And so, Father, today, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We do this in remembrance of him with a future expectation that one day we're going to do it again in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's drink. I'm going to ask our worship team who's here to join us on the platform. You don't have to go around. Do they have to go around? <laughs> Come on up the steps. You know, that we sang a song last week, and that song's been going through my mind. And we're going to close with this song today. And Here's my, my, my hope today. This isn't just because of the coronavirus that I preached this message. You see, even when it passes and even when it's over, we still need to live as prisoners of hope because we still live in this world. We still see the ups and downs and ins and outs and we still face things and yet we do so with hope. And my hope is not based upon me. My hope is not based, my hope is based on God and the goodness of God. My God is good. That doesn't mean everything happens in my life is good. But even when bad things happen, my God is good. And so if you're home, and we're going to declare his goodness one more time as we live as prisoners of hope. God bless you. Have a great day.